Hello there, my name is Brad, and uh, remember, my wife and I are Quality of Life Grace Teaching Ministries over on Facebook, so come on over and join our free page for more Grace Teaching. Right here, though, we're talking about trouble. Troubles are normal. That's right. Troubles are normal. Did you know that? In fact, problems in in the troubles, many of us... When problems come into our lives, we tend to focus on the problems. Now, we learn as we go, and and a lot of us have learned that problems are not designed to take us away from the Lord, but to take us to the Lord. And so we have to see that, what is God up to? What is God up to with his children in Christ and also with this world. What is he doing with troubles? We're not exempt from troubles. We're going to have them all the time. And it's always something, right? Like waves to the shore. They're just going to keep coming in different sizes, different forms, different shapes. And so as we get older, what we're noticing is these troubles are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So when we tend to have these troubles come into our life, we tend to focus on the problems. And we're not supposed to do that. That is considered to be disobedience. Obedience would be letting the troubles take us to Christ. From there, we start complaining. A lot of times when we're... The problem is with when our troubles come and we're we're focusing on the troubles, what happens is we lose the answer to the trouble, right? The answer to the trouble is Christ, but we start complaining. A lot of times we, we choose the victim role. We get angry. See, God's purpose in problems and troubles when they come into our life is to reveal the revelation of Christ in us, not move us away from him. And so remember that problems and troubles and trials are designed to take us to the answer to the problems and the trials and the troubles. I like what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when he says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See, we have treasure in us, folks. We have treasure in the person of Jesus Christ. And remember, in Christ is his presence through faith. That's right. I want to say that again. In Christ is his presence through faith. So we don't have to go searching for hope for the answer to the problems that we have and the troubles that we have because his presence is always near. Thank you, Christ Jesus, that you are present. See? And then through faith, we practice his presence throughout the day. Remember, we believers in Christ are like the clay jars that Paul is referring to here. And the treasure in us is the Christ himself. He has made us alive in Christ. God the Father has placed us in Christ through the Holy Spirit. And now we are one spirit with him. Apostle Paul tells us we have surpassing power from God in us. And so we can actually do everything now without grumbling and arguing. But some people just like to to grumble. And some people just like to argue. 
And so we, but we have to remember the normal Christian life. Troubles are normal. Troubles are normal. Okay, so the normal Christian life is going to be trouble. And so it shouldn't surprise us. A lot of us, though, are praying against Satan. You know, whenever we have trouble in our life, we go to the prayer wall, you know, whether it be your prayer group or your, you know, on social media. A lot of us post our problems there. But remember, troubles, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with prayer. By all means, if you have the gift of prayer, pray. But And pray about everything. Scripture tells us to pray about everything. Not just the big things, but the little things. So it's important to pray. And so, but remember, it's the, it's usually, it's the, the prayer is to take us to the Lord and to reveal the revelation of him. But the normal Christian life, folks, is pressure. Did you know that? Troubles. That's what that means. Pressure just means troubles. Okay. Perplexed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what God's up to. That's normal. Did you know that? Persecuted? That means being harassed or rejected by family members. You know, if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, which we have, then we've said goodbye to the world. And guess what, folks? A lot of us came from the world. We all did if we're in Christ. And we have family that are still in the world, meaning in Adam, sinner. But God has taken us out of Adam, and he's placed us in a new family in Christ, his family. So don't be surprised. You know, sometimes, you know, we're going to feel lonely, but you're never alone. Okay, so there's going to be loneliness at times. You're going to spend a lot of time with Christ alone, but that doesn't mean you're alone. So always know that you're not alone. Christ is in you. He's there. He loves you unconditionally. And he wants to teach us and reveal his love to us in those times. Struck down. See, we're going to be struck down. That's normal in the Christian life. And so if you want to, you know, if you if you're, want to live a godly life, the scripture tells us that we will experience troubles, you know, in this world. Remember that the world had a hatred towards disciples and Jesus Christ. And so that hasn't changed. Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. They hated Jesus. The world hated Jesus yesterday. They hate him today, and they'll hate him forever. Well, guess what, folks? We're in Christ, and he's in us. We're one spirit with him. So sometimes it'll seem like they just don't like us. Oh, well, we get on with him, right? I want to share a little story with you about oranges. You know, we grew up as kids and we had orange trees. And I used to pick the oranges and sometimes we'd find oranges we'd have to pick up off the ground. Well, the ones we had to pick off the ground were nasty. They were just rotten and they were moldy. But the ones off the tree, one thing we noticed is when we would pick them from the tree, um, they were sweet inside when you would squeeze the uh, orange you know we had a juicer and my dad used to like to squeeze those oranges and one thing i noticed is when we would squeeze those good oranges they were sweet the juice that came out of them were sweet but can you imagine now we didn't do this but can you imagine if you tried to squeeze the juice out of one of those rotten oranges that were on the ground rotten tasting juice 
And so, you know, the spirit and the flesh, that's what we're really referring to. Remember, the spirit-lived life is really living the Christ life. It's actually trusting him as our life and source. Okay, carnal Christianity is just self-reliance. It's a Christian living from the flesh or self-life. Okay, and so we have to remember that when we are squeezed by troubles that come to us from living in this world, um, if we're living from the flesh, meaning self-reliance in our Christian life, what's going to come out of us? What's going to be produced through us? Well, rotten fruit, folks. The opposite of sweet fruit. See, the sweet fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control. And so what's going to happen as we trust Christ and these troubles come to us, what's going to be squeezed out of us? What's going to be produced through us? The fruit of the Spirit is going to be sweet. Do you see there? Do you see why it's important for us to just trust Christ as Christians, to live the Christian life? I like what the Apostle Paul, when he said, when he says, I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Paul goes on to talk about the normal Christian life in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, if you're interested in that. That's where he mentions that we're hard-pressed. That means we're, we have troubles all the time. Um... And so we're, we're in just, you know, perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down, uh, not destroyed though. And we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in us. So remember God, what, what Paul is saying here is we're always turned over to the death of self-life. God is always moving us to a place of dependency on Christ. God will use problems. That's right. He will use them. He will allow them. He will permit them if we're self-reliant Christians. And he will move us to a place of revelation where we see Christ is our very life. You see, and so sometimes he'll use these problems to bring us down so we can see that we died. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For you have died and your life is now hidden in Christ. You see how he works there? And so, we take a look at, uh, you know, some examples, okay? What are some examples uh, of what I'm talking about when we think about pressed or troubles on every side? Jeremiah 18, verses 5 through 6 says, Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Folks, the Lord was shaping and forming Israel into the people he wanted them to be in, and he was using trouble to do that. Now, who's Israel today? Who are the chosen people of God? Well, Christ is, and we are in Christ. We are Israel today. And he's going to do the same thing today with us as he did with Israel. You see that? God is in the process of shaping us and forming us into the likeness of his Son and to reveal the revelation of Christ his Son in us. You see, this love that surpasses knowledge is living in us. It's wide, it's deep, it's long, it's high. But we need the revelation of it. We can know that scripture. We can know that that love is in us that surpasses knowledge. But to experience that love that surpasses knowledge, we're going to need revelation. 
revealed knowledge from the Christ himself. You see, truth sets us free that way. Perplexed, you know, the Apostle Paul's example of being perplexed. Have you ever been perplexed? What is God up to? You know, we're going through classes all the time. God has us enrolled in classes. And so we're in a class right now, and we should be asking the question in the class, what can I learn in this class? Not why is this happening. A lot of times I ask the question, why is this happening? I'm going through troubles myself personally right now. I have been diagnosed with spinal stenosis, lumbar lower back pain, and it's causing nerve pain in my legs. So, you know, there's the chiropractic, there's the, you know, you got to sit down um, after standing for a few minutes, and there's, there's all kinds of this stuff. But yeah, I can get into that. You know, if I'm self-reliant, that's going to be a problem because I'm going to ask questions like, why is this happening? I'm a victim. See, if I'm living by the Spirit of Christ, I'm trusting Him, I'm going to be asking the question, what can I learn in this class, you see? And so I believe God has a plan. I believe he can still use this. But getting back to the Apostle Paul's example of perplexed, he says this in the Acts of the Apostles. In chapter 9, verse 4, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so here's the Apostle Paul's first visit with the Lord. And where is he at? You see, Jesus has just said to Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are, meaning, why are you persecuting my people, my chosen people, my Christian people? And so that's what was happening. He was having Christians killed. And that's where the Lord blinded him. And we know the story from there. He became, he went from Saul to Paul. And so Saul was in trouble, okay? And he was perplexed. What's going on? His, his, you know, at his conversion, and by the way, that's when he was converted to, uh, to be a Christian. Um, the Apostle Paul, at the moment uh, he was uh, visited the Lord and the Lord blinded him there. That's, that's his first little trial there. And... Uh, and so, remember, persecuted. You know, Paul said something about being persecuted. He said uh, in Acts 5.28 and Acts 5.40, um, an example of extreme mental and spiritual persecution is seen when, um, excuse me, not Paul, but Peter and John, when they were threatened not to preach the gospel. You see, and so they were threatened. How many of us have been threatened to not preach the gospel? If you teach about Jesus, you're going to be fired. I've had that happen to me at work. If you talk about Jesus at work, you will not have a job. How many of us have gone, have gone through that? Or a lot of us are not invited to the family functions anymore because we're going to talk about Jesus and the family just don't want to hear about that now. Right? So we've lost a lot of family that way. And so the... Uh, the persecution can be harassment, rejected. You know, we can be rejected by the world. Like I said earlier, if you said yes to Christ, you said goodbye to the world. And if you have family that are still in Adam, guess what? They're in the world. And we say goodbye to them a lot of times. So it can be very lonely, 
not being with our family and friends that we used to know. <clears throat> but we have to remember that uh, 2 Timothy 3.12 3, tells us, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be treated badly. That means harassed, rejected. So remember, the world has a hatred towards Jesus Christ. It's, it's not a dislike. It's not a, oh, well, you know, he's religious. I mean, you mentioned Jesus and they, they automatically think religion. No, they hate him. I want to tell you that again. The world's hatred towards Jesus is real. He, they hate the world. They hate Christ. And remember, before Christ, we were in the world. We were in Adam, sinner. And so that person we were, are st- those people are still out there now. And so there's a hate towards disciples and Christ. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 21. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as its own if, if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember when I told you a slave is not greater than the master? Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would have listened to you as well. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. So the world's hatred is towards Christ. And we're in Christ. So if they're mad at you, and it seems like it's, it's addressed at you, if the harassment's coming towards you, and you're like, man, why is this person being so nasty towards me? Guess what, folks? It's not you that they hate. It's the one in you, Christ Jesus himself, that you're in that they hate. Because they're in Adam, they're in the world. They're sinners still. And this could come from religion, religious people that are not in Christ. We could get rejected by them and feel isolated at times from them. So don't let it surprise you. Don't let it shock you. Just remember that if we're trusting Christ and the troubles come, we're going to experience sweet fruit produced through us the character of Christ, found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. We live by faith, not by sight. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, faith. What does that mean, we live by faith? Well, faith means belief. We live, that's, that's I mean, the one who calls us is faithful and he will do it as an example. Christ will live the Christian life, but we have to believe that he will and does. Jesus took away our sins, but we have to believe that he did to be totally free of forgiveness. We are forgiven people. In Christ, we are right with God. We are loved unconditionally by our Father. This has nothing to do with performance or behavior. Okay, so those who live by faith, for we live by faith, not by sight. Okay. So remember, as you go to the light switch next time, a lot of us throughout the day will walk by a light switch. And what you'll notice is the on-off switch. If you go up, in most lights, light switches, if you turn that light switch up, it turns the light on. And, and, and if you take that light switch and you push it down, it, the lights go off. Well, it's just a picture of 
of up, when you, when you turn that light on, just remember that God has a plan. Just remember to flip that switch up and, and say to yourself in your troubles, God, you have a plan. I'm your child. You love me. So we live by faith, not by sight. We believe, okay? It's going to be okay, even if it doesn't look like it's going to be okay. You see there? That's what it means to live by faith. Otherwise, the light switch goes down and the lights go off. And what happens? What does that illustrate? Well, I'm a victim. Why is this happening to me? You see? We're asking the questions, why? You see, instead of what can I learn from this? And so there's a lot of reasons for problems, first of all. And I want to give you just a few. God allows problems for his glory. Okay. He, he allows problems for his glory. We look at 2 Corinthians 4.11. And it says there, For we who are alive... We who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Okay, so as Christians, we're going to be, um, <clears throat> we're going to be turned over to the death of self-life so that we see that Christ is our life, you see. And that's what we talked about earlier, where Paul was talking about God uses everything to help us get to that place. God allows problems to mature us. That's right. Maturity is not self-reliance. It's dependence on Christ. Very simple. Um, John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abide in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. So what he's basically saying there is we live in him. He lives in us for the purpose of producing his character through us, the fruit of the Spirit. So remember, problems happen because of choices we make. That's right. They happen because of things we make. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Okay. Problems happen because others offend us or hurt us. Matthew 5.44 tells us this, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. See our need for dependency on Christ there to live the Christian life. And so that's what's going to happen. The Apostle Paul's letters are going to encourage us to move to trusting Christ more and more and more as we go. Thank you and God bless.